Hello, and welcome to Your Family Medical Doctor, a reading of The Family Medical Doctor, published in 1869. Today we're going to read about bathing, and the author has a lot to say, so let's get started. In every civilized country, and in every age, bathing has been regarded as a fountain of life. The author of The Modern Syrians, when speaking of that country, tells us, and I quote, Once upon a time, a French doctor came to Damascus to seek his fortune. When he saw the luxurious vegetation, he said, This is the place for me. Plenty of fever. Now, this is marked. And... And then, on seeing the abundance of water, he said, More fever, no place like Damascus. When he entered the town, he asked the people, What is this building? A bath? And what is that building? A bath? And that other building? A bath? Plague on these baths. They take the bread out of my mouth, said the doctor. I must seek fever practice elsewhere. So he turned his back, went out of the gate again, and hasted elsewhere. Many physicians very strenuously contend that at all times and under all circumstances, a bath entirely cold is to be preferred. And certainly some of the most healthy people we know, having long been in the habit of using the cold bath, both in summer and in winter, twice a day, that is, morning and night, we are acquainted with a somewhat aged physician who, a few years since, looked prematurely old and was tormented almost to death with rheumatism. He took several years since to cold bathing and now looks hale and hearty and assures us that he never feels even a twitch of the old enemy. In the case of many aged persons and some others, the tepid bath, that is, one neither hot nor cold, but which the patient feels is just about the heat of his blood, is to be preferred. After excessive labor, a fatiguing journey, or exposure to the sun, or indeed, after excitement of any kind, we know of no greater luxury or anything more decidedly contributing to health than the tepid bath. It cools the whole animal system, and we are persuaded that if it were used to the extent it ought to be, we should have fewer fevers than are now prevalent. In cases of hysterics, paralysis, and insanity, and eruptions and sores, the value of the warm bath is beyond all estimate. The beautiful skins of the French ladies very generally arise from their constancy of this practice. The warm bath should be used two or three times a week for 15 or 20 minutes at a time, always, however, before meals and not after them. A little sulfur may sometimes, in cases of eruptions, be taken with advantage in connection with the bath. Hot baths are of three kinds. 1. The general hot bath, 
in which the body of the patient is immersed as high as the chin. 2. The hot salt water bath is used in the same manner. 3. The partial hot water bath or foot bath in which the feet and legs only are immersed. While a patient is being bathed in a hot bath, no drought of air should be permitted to blow and a fire should be lighted, especially in winter or in variable weather. The nurse should also have in readiness a warm flannel and sheet and a large kettle full of hot water. The water of the various hot baths should be heated to 100 or 105 degrees of Fahrenheit's thermometer or should be as warm as can be conveniently borne by the nurse's hand. In making use of hot baths, take care to leave sufficient room in the vessel for the continual addition of hot water, which must be cautiously poured in from the kettle so as to maintain as nearly as possible the same degree of heat during the whole time. The hot bath frequently operates like a soothing charm particularly in the diseases of children dependent on irritation of the bowels. Often, whilst immersed in the water, the child will cease to moan, and gently overpowered by the delicious sleep's succeeding pain, smile as it slumbers on its mother's arm. And here we come to another mark section. The hot bath, however, is not always advisable, even when recommended by learned authorities, when there exists great determination of blood to the head with a dispossession to fits, the foot bath is to be preferred, and neither should the use of the hot bath be preserved when it causes excessive agitation. Any large vessel, such as a washing tub, that will contain a sufficient quantity of water to cover every part of the body, excepting the head, will serve the purpose of a bath. High is the chin, and be kept in 10 or 15 minutes by the clock, not by calculation. When taken out, the patient should be immediately wrapped up in the warm sheet and wiped rapidly for it is of more importance to dry quickly than completely. The patient should then be wrapped up in the warm flannel and be put to bed, the quantity of the coverings being gradually diminished as the patient becomes hot, restless, and uncomfortable. Sometimes it is extremely difficult to allay the agitation which children show in coming in contact with water but patients guided by good sense will usually succeed. It may be advisable in such cases at first only to immerse the legs, allowing the hot water gradually to cover the body as the child becomes familiarized to it. A playful, cheerful manner on the part of the mother or nurse will often prevail when all other methods fail. The hot salt water bath is often highly serviceable in exciting a healthful and uniform warmth of the skin. In many dangerous bowel diseases, in rickets, and in diseases attended by extreme emaciation, the skin of the whole body 
but more particularly of the feet and legs becomes cold almost as marble. But if warmth can be restored, the patient will frequently recover. One or two pounds of salt may be mixed with each gallon of water, the patient being immersed as high as the chin. Being generally much debilitated, they should not remain in the water longer than four or five minutes by the clock and must then be treated as after making use of the ordinary hot bath. And the four or five are circled. The foot bath is useful in a variety of cases, especially when the legs are cold, the head hot, and the patient disposed to convulsions. A common pail will hold a sufficient quantity of water. The legs should be immersed in nearly as high as the knees, room being left for the continual addition of hot water. Should the feet continue cold after the use of the foot bath, it may be proper to repeat it adding to the hot water a quantity of salt as in preparing the hot salt water bath. Should the feet still continue cold, add also some flour of mustard in the proportion of two or three tablespoons full to a gallon in order to render the hot water more permanently stimulating. Hi, this is Christopher Harris. And welcome to Your Family Doctor. This podcast is a reading of The Family Doctor, a counselor in sickness, pain, and distress for children, manhood, and old age, containing in plain language, free from medical terms, the causes, symptoms, and cure of disease in every form with important rules for preserving the health and directions for the sick chamber and the proper treatment of the sick, the whole drawn from extensive observation and practice by Professor Henry S. Taylor, medical doctor, with engravings of medicinal plants and herbs. Published in 1869, this is the 21st revised edition. Now, where did I put those gloves? 